Hello and welcome to Z Formula E, a podcast dedicated to all things Formula E. My name is Humura Ruth and I host this podcast channel. Welcome to today's episode, which is about the 2023 Sabic Berlin EPRI, the seventh round of racing that we had this season. Now, if you're new to the channel, thank you so much for joining us. Please subscribe and share with another motorsports lover. And if you've been here from day one or you joined us along the way, thank you very much. Your support is very much appreciated. Now, this is a podcast about Formula E. So what happens is that I watch the races and then summarize them and share them with you. So I give you highlights of what happened at every EPRI. So I've been doing this since 2021. So this is my third year. And just in case you ever missed a race then and would like to go through it, you most definitely will find it on this podcast channel. Once again, welcome to this episode, which is about the 2023 Sabic Berlin EPRI. Now, this is the ninth season of Formula E racing, and this race was the seventh race on the calendar this season. So, at the start of the season, we went racing in Mexico. We had two races in Diria, that's Saudi Arabia. We had a race in Hyderabad, that is India. We had a race in Cape Town, that is South Africa, and another in Sao Paulo, Brazil, before coming here to Berlin for the seventh round of racing. Now, in Berlin, we had a double header. So we had a race on the 22nd of April, that was a Saturday, and on the 23rd of April, that was a Sunday. So we had a double header in Berlin. But I'm just going to take you through the seventh race that we had this season. So the first leg of the Berlin Ypres. Now, Berlin is the only city that, that has hosted a race every Formula E season. It has consistently been on the calendar and I think fans enjoy racing in Berlin. That's just my perception. So we've held 16 races here with 13 drivers winning the races. So it's also unpredictable in that sense because it's not one person constantly dominating the the races when it comes to winning them here in Berlin. However, it has to be noted that the driver with the most wins in Berlin, at least at the circuit that we went racing at, was Sebastian Buemi. Sebastian Buemi first won in Germany at the Karl Marx Allee circuit in the 2015-2016 season and then in the 2017 season at the Tempelhof Airport circuit, which is found in the suburbs of Berlin. Now, that's where we're racing at. That is a circuit. It has a length of about 2.355 kilometers. There are 10 tons. And because we now count down, you know, we count down the race in terms of laps. So we do 40 laps here in Berlin. Now, like I said before, we've done so many races in Germany. This circuit has hosted more Formula E races than any other circuit on the calendar. And the first race we had on this circuit was in the 2014-2015 season. However, the following year during the 2015-2016 season, the race was moved to a temporary street circuit because the Temple Hof was being used to house refugees then. So that year, in the 2015-2016 season, the race was held in downtown Berlin at the Karl Marx Allee circuit, which is the very first circuit that Sebastian Buemi won at when it comes to winning in Germany. Then in 2017, we went racing at Tempelhof again. 
Interestingly, in 2020, the final six races of that season were held on this circuit. So six races on the same circuit, right? That seems pretty cool. But to make it even more interesting, there were multiple layouts of the circuit that were used, which included reverse configurations so the races don't become very monotonous. And then the following year as well, in 2021, the last two races of the season were also held on this circuit, the Tempelhof Airport circuit. It was also then that we saw Nick DeVries being crowned Formula E's first ever world champion. That was exciting. Unfortunately, Nick DeVries is no longer racing in Formula E. He's in Formula One, but that was a time we had our very first ever Formula E world champion. Now, coming into Berlin, we have four German drivers, Rene Russ, Andre Lotterer, Max Milanganza, and Pascal Verlein. And we also have two German-run teams, that is Tag Heuer Porsche and ABT Cupra. Now, I think that's a pretty good introduction of the seventh round of racing in Berlin. Let's take a short break. When we return, we'll go through the qualifying. <laughs> Sorry for interrupting the show. Thank you so much, first of all, for listening to the Formula E podcast. And if by any chance you're also interested in Formula One, don't forget to check out my Formula One podcast called ZF1 Amateur Podcast. Again, ZF1 Amateur Podcast. Just look for it on your favorite podcast player or search for it in your favorite search engine. You can also look for my other podcast called Z Humara Show, which is all about living and growing up in Uganda. Again, it's called Z Humara Show. All right, let's go back to Formula E. Welcome back from that short break. Now, let's quickly go through the qualifying for the seventh round of racing that we had this season in Berlin. Now, just a quick rundown of how the qualifying format works in Formula E for the past two years. This is how it works. So you have 22 drivers on the grid because you have 11 teams. So these drivers are split into two groups, Group A and Group B. They're split into these groups according to their standings on the driver in the drivers' championships. So you have Group A with 11 drivers and Group B with 11 drivers. Each group is given a session on the track where they come out and battle at 300 kilowatts of power in order to set a lap time. At the end of the session, the four fastest drivers proceed onto the quarterfinals. Now, in the quarterfinals, you have eight drivers because you have four fastest from Group A and the four fastest drivers from Group B. In the quarterfinals, these drivers are paired up so that you have four pairs. They each each pair has a session on the track and they try to, you know, set the fastest lap times that they could possibly set compared to the other person in your pair. So at the end of the session, the four fastest drivers from these four pairs proceed to the semifinals. In the semifinals, you have two pairs because you have four drivers. They also, again, go out into the track and battle it out. At the end of the session, you have the two fastest drivers proceeding to the finals. And in the finals, the two drivers compete or battle it out for pole position. And at the end of that session, the fastest driver takes pole position and the second fastest takes, you know, second place on the grid and like that and like that. That's how it works. So let's quickly go through what happened in Berlin for the seventh round of racing. 
Now in group A, we had Pascal Verlein, Nick Cassidy, Antonio Felix da Costa, Sebastian Buemi, Mitch Evans, Stoffel Van Doorn, Andre Lotterer, Sergio Sete Camara, Oliver Roland, Eduardo Motara, and Nico Muller. Now from this group, the four fastest drivers were Stoffel Van Doorn, Sebastian Buemi, Nick Cassidy, and Sergio Sete Camara. In Group B, we had Jake Dennis, Jean-Eric Vaughan, Sam Bard, Rene Russ, Jake Hughes, Lucas Degrassi, sorry, Norman Nato, Dan Tam, Sacha Finestras, Maximilian Gunter, and Robin Friends. Now, the four fastest drivers from this group were Sam Bard, Maximilian Gunter, Dan Tam, and Jake Dennis. Now, in the quarterfinals, we had Nick Cassidy going against Sebastian Buemin. And between the two of them, Sebastian Buemi was the fastest driver, so he moved to the semifinals. We also had Sergio Sete Camara going against Stoffel Van Doorn. And between the two of them, Stoffel Van Doorn was the fastest driver, so he moved to the semifinals. We also had Dan Tictum going against Maximilian Ganta. And between the two of them, Dan Tictum was the fastest driver, so he moved to the semifinals. And lastly, we had Jake Dennis going against Sambad, and between the two of them, Sambad was the fastest driver, so he moved to the semi-finals. In the semi-finals, we had Sebastian Buemi going against Stoffel Van Doorn, sorry, I almost stammered there, Stoffel Van Doorn, and between the two of them, Sebastian Buemi was the fastest driver, so he moved to the finals. And then the other pair that we had in the semi-finals was Dan Tictam going against Sambad. And between the two of them, Sambad was the fastest driver. So he moved to the finals. In the finals, we had Sebastian Buemi and Sambad. And between the two of them, Sebastian Buemi was the fastest driver. So he took pole position. And I have to say, it is his 16th pole position in Formula E. So... Sebastian Buemi qualified on pole, Sam Bad qualified second, Stoffel Van Doorn qualified third, Dan Tictam qualified fourth, Jake Dennis qualified fifth, Nick Cassidy qualified sixth, Sergio Sete Camara qualified seventh, Maximilian Ganta qualified eighth, Mitch Evans qualified ninth, Jean-Eric Van qualified tenth, and Eduardo Motara qualified eleventh. In 12th place was Jake Hughes. In 13th place was Andre Lotterer. In 14th place was Rene Russ. In 15th place was Pascal Varlein. In 16th place was Norman Nato. In 17th place was Nico Muller. In 18th place was Sacha Finestras. In 19th place was Antonio Felix da Costa. Lucas Degrassi qualified 20th. Oliver Roland qualified 21st. And Robin Frines qualified 22nd. <laughs> Welcome back from that short break. Now let's go through the highlights of the seventh round of racing that we had in Berlin. Now remember in Berlin we do 40 laps of racing and it is also mandatory for drivers to take attack mode. Now attack mode is essentially in a few words extra boost of power that is given to the drivers. However, to get that extra boost of power, you have to go off the racing line. So that means you're probably losing time. So it all comes down to strategy. It depends on how your strategy is laid out by the team. If you're able to get off the racing line, take attack mode and not lose time going back to the racing line, it will probably work better for you as opposed to when you get off that racing line, take attack mode and actually do it at the wrong time, thereby losing positions. So this race, attack mode, like in the entire Formula E season is for four minutes and it is to be used across two activations. 
that means drivers are supposed to activate it twice in a race so you can't take your entire attack mode in four minutes you have to break it down across a number of variations so you could do a variation of one to three so maybe you take attack mode the first time for one minute and then next time for three minutes or two to two whether you take it for two minutes the first time and two minutes the next time or three to one where you take it for three minutes the first time and one minute the last time so it all has has to happen during the race and on this track the activation zone for the attack mode is on the outside of the turn six hairpin so if you've seen the circuit if you know where the turn six hairpin is right outside it because you have to get off the racing line right outside it is where the attack mode is now we were we were racing at the Tempelhof airport circuit as we know the track temperatures were around 30 degrees but I say that because you have to bear in mind that we were racing on a track with old concrete so there was a bit of speculation about low grip for the drivers yeah all right let's get into it a quick run through of what happened so on lap one at the start of the race Sebastian Buemi got away nicely However, Dan Tictum, who had qualified in fourth place, made overtakes on Sam Bird and Stoffel van Dorn, thereby moving himself up into second place. And after exiting the first turn on this very lap, he managed to take lead of the race from Sebastian Buemi. So he was flying on lap one. A few laps later, on lap five, Dan Tictum, Sebastian Buemi, Lucas Degrassi were the first drivers to take attack mode. Dan Tictum, who was... Um, Initially in first place, dropped to third place behind behind Jake Dennis in second and Sebastian, sorry, and Sam Bard in first place. Sebastian Buemi, who was initially second, dropped to fifth place behind Maximilian Ganta in fourth. And Jake Hughes in 11th place dropped down to 12th place behind Jean-Eric Van. Now, a few laps later on lap nine, Sergio Sete Camara hit the back of Maximilian Ganta and both drivers sustained a little bit of damage on their car. On this lap also, Stoffel van Dorn was up into second place behind Sam Bard and was somehow ahead of Dante Tam in third place and Sebastian Buemi in fourth place. On lap 11, we had yellow flags because Sergio Sete Camara and Rene Russ collided. Now, under the yellow flags, Sebastian, sorry, Stoffel van Dorn and Eduardo Motara took attack mode and thereby lost places to Dan Dictum and Jake Dennis. So by lap 18, Jake Dennis was leading with Motara behind him in second place and Mitch Evans in third place. However, all these three drivers were under attack mode. And towards the end of that lap, Sebastian Buemi made an overtake on Mitch Evans for third place. Now, two laps later on lap 20, Stoffel van Dorn in seventh place had a collusion with Dan Tictum, and both drivers hit the barrier as. Please excuse me, I beg your pardon there. So, both drivers hit the barrier as a Dan Tictum squeezed Stoffel van Dorn into the wall. Now, eight laps later on lap 28, at this point in the race, we had three DNFs. There was Jake Hughes, Stoffel van Dorn and Dan Tictum because obviously they had sustained a lot of damage. Meanwhile, at the top of the grid, Sebastian Buemi managed to overtake Mitch Evans for first place. A few laps later on lap 30, Jake Dennis was in fourth place as he was approaching a left turn, was late on the brakes, lost grip and slid off the track into the barrier 
and that made him lose a lot of positions because he dropped down to 12th place. And it all happened at turn 6, quite close to the attack mode activation zone. Now, important to remember is that as he slid off the truck, he slid in front of Antonio Felix da Costa and actually caused a little damage to Antonio Felix da Costa's front wing because the back of his car touched the front of da Costa's car as he was sliding on the truck. Now, five laps later, on lap 36, Sambad was leading Sebastian Buemi with Mitch Evans running in third place. But towards the end of that lap, Sebastian Buemi made an overtake on Sambad for the lead of the race. Now, on lap 39, Sambad, who is running in second place, and Mitch Evans, who is running in third place, were going at it wheel to wheel. And eventually, Mitch Evans managed to overtake Sambad. We also saw another overtake from Nick Cassidy, who overtook Pascal Verlaine for sixth place. And at that moment, we had three extra laps added to the race. Now, on lap 40, Sambad managed to get his place back from Mitch Evans. And on the final lap, Mitch Evans was leading, while unfortunately, Sambad lost his place to Maximilian Gunter. And that is a summary of how the seventh round of racing went this season in Berlin. So here are your race results. In first place was Mitch Evans for Jaguar TCS Racing. In second place was his teammate Sambad from Jaguar TCS Racing as well. Maximilian Ganter finished third for Maserati MSG Racing. Sebastian Buemi finished fourth for Envision Racing. And his teammate Nick Cassidy finished fifth for Envision Racing. In sixth place was Pascal Verlein for Tag Heuer Porsche. In seventh place was Jean-Eric Van for Diaz Penseki. In eighth place was Andre Lotera for Avalanche Andretti. In ninth place was Eduardo Motara for MSG, sorry, for Maserati MSG Racing. And in tenth place was Oliver Rowland for Mahindra Racing. Lucas Degrassi finished 11th, Sasha Finestras finished 12th, Norman Nato finished 13th, Robin Frines finished 14th, Nico Mola finished, finished 15th, Sasha Setekamara finished 16th, Rene Ross finished 17th, Jake Dennis finished 18th. The rest of the drivers suffered DNFs. That was Dan Tictam, Stoffel Van Doorn, Antonio Felix de Costa and Jake Hughes. Thank you so much for listening in. I hope you enjoyed this quick summary. I tried to make it as short as possible of the seventh round of racing that we had in Berlin. Now, if you'd love to get in touch with me, please do not hesitate because now I have a full, a fully built website for all things motorsports. So you can visit www.zhumura.com. That is spelled as Z E. H-U-M-U-R-A dot com and there you'll be able to interact with all my motorsport content and also be able to send me a message. Thank you so much for listening in. I will see you next time we go racing in Berlin for the eighth round of racing this season. Bye-bye.